0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live. Welcome, everybody. It's a very special Saturday edition of one of these broadcasts. My name is Wei Ting, and I am here to give you an AEW Battle of the Belt post-show. Joining me, many of you will know her from frequent guest spots on Rewind a Smackdown, talking about Rampage, WWE, but we've uh, brought her over to the Saturday show because, uh, well, uh, we can never have enough of this person. This person is Kate Aww. from Montreal.
1: Hello. Up, oh, I'm good. I'm very good. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you too. Yes. yes. Your first show of 2022. Indeed. Uh, so, you know, Kate, we're here to talk about this AEW Saturday Special. What was your interest level going into tonight?
1: Um, I have to say not not great. I mean, I knew it was going to be a good show. Uh they they always deliver good wrestling. Um, I was looking forward to seeing a few people who I hadn't seen in a while, particularly I I like Ricky Starks. He's been off for what feels like a long while. So I was looking forward to seeing him again. I was looking forward to the title match, but nothing on the show going in felt particularly special. It felt like another, I think you guys said this yesterday, it felt like another hour of Rampage. Um, If I want to be even harsher, it's sort of in terms of what was on offer it kind of felt somewhere between the grand page and dark other than just because you didn't have the you had one belt for certain up and then you had this interim belt so it was just I don't know I I I wasn't usually looking forward to it in a storyline sense but uh yeah it's an odd start for these things
0: yeah i'm totally with you you know we've been kind of talking about it all week um you know leading up to the saturday event even starting from monday i think we were both me and john we're thinking well the hype's not really there for this Mm -hmm. all the talk in regards to aew has been about the wednesday show Mm -hmm. and could it simply be a matter of timing here you know this is the tbs debut that was certainly the most important thing um of the month uh certainly you know never mind the week um And if they had their choice, would they have put the Saturday show up against what felt like a real battle of the belt on Wednesday with your world championship match? You had your tag title match and, of course, the crowding of the TBS champion as well.
1: Yeah. And I think that I'm not quite clear on what the issue with Cody is, but I think that if the break with him was going to be long enough for them to create an interim championship They should have just gone the other step and say, okay, you have to relinquish the championship. You can come back and you, as soon as you're back, you have a a slot open. You will challenge for it. Having this interim thing. It's just, I don't know. It didn't, it felt weird to me.
0: Yeah. um, Well, I believe Cody actually, uh, has released a statement today and he basically posted in his Instagram stories, I appreciate everybody reaching out. Brandy and I are in isolation with family that have unfortunately tested positive for COVID. It's been Mm -hmm. a scary time dealing with such a strong virus and the complications that can come with it are all do. We are doing all we can to nurse and protect the family during this time. I will remain in quarantine as long as needed. Every day is more encouraging. Thank you immensely for your support and respect of our privacy. Thank you to AEW for understanding and allowing me to be where I am needed today and for still allowing the TNT title to be represented. Look forward to being back soon. So um, mm. it sounds like he is uh, in isolation and, you know, provided that um, he, he's healthy. I mean, I don't anticipate this, this absence to be too long. But nonetheless, no. because of the branding of the show, you need. But then if it's yeah, match.
1: I guess again I might have gone with uh, with a defense of the tag belts uh, as even though they just changed hands on on Wednesday, maybe that is I, I don't know. There's the interim thing kind of throws me a bit. No, nothing against the match, which we'll get to. But um, so,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah, it's I, I think. And, Oh, you know, just sorry to cut you off, but you know, we we I think we should maybe talk about just the branding of the show itself, Battle of the Belts. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you show that graphic, when you when you when you mention the Battle of the Belts name, I mean, the impression that you're giving people is that all the major championships will be on the line, at the very least, the World Championship match. Um, I and I think ultimately maybe that was a mistake. You know, what if what if instead of Battle of the Belts they they called this something else? I know there's probably yeah. you know some some sort of um want to replicate Clash of the Champions or you know the the throwback Battle of the Belts name from the past. But what if they simply called this? You know, um. Uh, uh, well, like cake.
1: anything, anything, anything sure. that didn't,
0: that didn't anything. imply
1: that all your belts were going to, to be uh, up for grabs. Yeah, um, it's an odd name. I think the timing is very odd because, again, the debut on TBS had to and did feel like uh, a mini pay-per-view. So then you're not going to do two mini pay-per-views in one week, particularly if one of them's only an hour long. So. It, it just it felt like this was a show kind of in need of an identity and i i don't know if they quite got there with uh with what they delivered
0: so let's get to the show itself and uh at the, a little later on we will get to some Feedback from people in the post wrestling forum, uh, those of you who decide to watch and leave some feedback. So, anyway, let's start the show off. We did have a new opening package for this one. It was set to uh, some rap theme, you know, very similar in feel to what you get for Rampage mm-hmm. and even Dynamite for that matter. Tad, oh, sorry, Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone, our Dynamite broadcast team, return for the Saturday event. In the very first match here, it is for the interim TNT championship between Sammy Guevara taking on Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Off the top, they show Humpy Wheeler, a famous NASCAR promoter, being ringside, as well as David Crockett making his return. They bring up the two previous matches that Sammy and Dustin have had in their AEW run uh, in early 2020, and each of them having a win and positioning this as the rubber match so doing what they can to build a bit of backstory on very short notice between the two and i i definitely at least appreciate the fact that they call attention to prior encounters between them mm-hmm. um gives at least us gives us you know some depth uh, well, it,
1: wins and losses matter in different ways exactly. Like your record against someone matters history matters
0: you know the announcers were really teasing the possibility Of Dustin winning leading to a Cody versus Dustin match and it was something that I think on paper didn't really jump out to me nor do do I think it was a real possibility but um, at least it was a a bit of a story element that you know um, added a little to this Uh, both of them are doing a bit of taunting here and Dustin is kind of like you know pretending to be tired you know, almost as if, like, he he's trying to pretend that he couldn't keep up with this guy. But then I don't know how much there was pretending uh, uh, going on a little bit later. They go into a really fast sequence of leap frogs and rope running. And then Dustin bangs Sammy's knee into the ring steps, which leads to a tease of a countout. As Aubrey Edwards counts to nine, Sammy is still on the floor. He's pointing to his knee. And then at the count of 9.5, Sammy explodes back into the ring to break the count. So... Just a bit of mind games, perhaps, here from Sammy Guevara. We come back from commercial. Dustin now retreats to the floor, which allows Sammy to hit him with a double jump, somersault plancha. Sammy is showing a bit of pain in his knee upon the landing, so still uh, feigning a bit of that knee injury here. A second double jump back into the ring is caught into a crossroads counter from Dustin for two. As Dustin retreats to the floor later on, Fuego Del Sol shows up from under the ring, and sets up a table for Sammy. This allows Sammy to tease hitting a Spanish fly through the table. But Dustin fights out and hits probably the biggest spot of the match. A Canadian destroyer off the apron and through the table. Uh, the physics, you know, you can't really explain. But it looked fucking awesome.
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
0: Back in the ring, Dustin hits one crossroads. He hangs on just like Cody as he hits another. And then just like Cody, he goes for the double underhooks. But Sammy fights out. And then in a series of pinfall reversals off of a sunset flip, back and forth for a bunch of near two counts, Sammy finally gets the pinfall at about 60 minutes, 15 seconds. What do you think of the match?
1: I, I thought it was excellent. These two have great chemistry, and I hope they run this back at some point. Um... I thought, you know, you had a lot of flashy spots. I got worked when I saw Dustin at the beginning looking so sort of out of breath. Like at first, okay, just from Sammy's reaction, you could tell that it was a put on, but then he seemed to sort of stall out several times. And then you start wondering, like, is he okay? Maybe more so this week, because AEW hasn't had a great week. in terms of injuries and and people not being able to complete matches as scheduled. Um, But no, they, they went on. I think the one complaint I'd have about this match is that there comes a point when kicking out of big moves seems excessive. I, I understand that maybe there's a delay getting everyone back in the ring. I do not think that someone should be kicking out of a Canadian destroyer through a table. I just don't, it's, that should, that's the end there. I already think that the Canadian Destroyer is just, it's ridiculous how undervalued it is when you look at how hard the move should hit.
0: Um, You know, outside of um, Adam Cole, like, does anybody actually finish their matches with the Canadian Destroyer?
1: Not anymore. And even Adam Cole doesn't use it as his finisher now. His his finisher is usually, I was just Mm going to call it the last shot, the boom. Like that's his, that's the one that usually finishes the match. The, the, the Panama sunrise is the, the setup to that. And again, but when you're talking about doing that off the apron through a table, (laughs) okay, you know, this is, I, I think I'm not someone who thinks that you should really, like you shouldn't have a large set of moves that are super protected, but there should be some protection. Like there should be some acknowledgement that these people are human. And there are just some moves that they're not going to kick out of. I think even if they'd had him like get to it, like if they'd had Dustin not be able, like not be able to pin him, if they'd had a long delay between that, maybe it would have been better. But look, all that said, I really enjoyed the match. I thought they were very good together. Um, I did think there was a chance that they were going to put the, the belt on Dustin just for the, um, just for the the, the specter shock. of yeah of, well but and also getting dustin versus cody again one of the most memorable and one of the most loved matches in AEW history uh mm-hmm. that uh i thought that that i thought that that might be uh, a possibility but no it goes back on sammy and um
0: mm-hmm.
1: very satisfying and,
0: and we get the match that we were supposed to get tonight somewhere down the line yes. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a very good match. The atmosphere I thought was really strong from this crowd. Um, I thought Dustin, whether or not it was actually selling, I thought Dustin did a great job of showing how physically exhausted wrestling a Sammy Guevara match was for somebody of yeah. his age. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's always like to me a fun element of the Dustin Rhodes match. You know, yeah. as it is for like any sort of veteran getting in there with this <laughs> these, this young crop. Um the fact that you want to know, hey physically, can this old man hold hold up and and I think much of it is him putting it on. I think his gas tank oh, is yeah. actually far better than any of us can can really imagine um but but the selling, if it was indeed that I thought was very strong here as it added a bit mm-hmm. of drama to his performance mm-hmm. um from a star power perspective I, I I definitely was disappointed, I think, like many people when they announced Dustin as the replacement but you know, as we expect the performance delivered because we know how good he is. I, I guess I, I suppose in in the past, like when AEW has, you know, lost key opponents, they tend to over deliver um, like we mm-hmm. had in the case of Minoru Suzuki, you know, coming in. I, I mean, that wasn't so much of a replacement, I, I suppose, as it was like... um <laughs> that that was a bit of a different battle, but you know, looking up and down the roster of like available talents in AEW, I I certainly feel like um there were more interesting choices than Dustin Rhodes.
1: I think there could have been, but if you were planning on keeping or keeping the belt, putting the belt in me like back on Sammy, I guess the question is how many of them could have afforded to just take the to to take the loss here. And they do. They have a lot of interesting prospects. Um, I don't know how many of them are at the level of Dustin or higher, who also wouldn't have been harmed by taking another loss at this point. So, like Mm -hmm. if you if you put like a Darby Allen in there, I don't want to see him lose again. I not that he's been harmed, but he needs to. He's in a stage where he needs to kind of build himself up um same thing if they like put Ricky Starks in that position he could like he can't he's been gone so long he can't come back and just eat a loss so I agree but I also I'm sort of thinking it's like okay well who else could they have had in uh in that position
0: what do you think the results would have been had Cody been cleared to wrestle this match uh
1: I think I I think that Cody would have won. Honestly, it surprised me that they were just going to go back to this match right away anyway. Like um I I didn't really understand why we were getting it back again immediately. Um but the reason I think they would have put it back on Cody was because they had teased that they were going in a direction with Cody and the Lambert men of the year faction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um so I think that that was probably going to be the direction. Now, I guess we'll get to this in a minute. But that seemed—I'm guessing—that they're holding that off until Cody gets back to do the the full program again, rather than mm-hmm. moving on to the the men of the year right
0: away. Maybe we can get into this now. But i, I think ultimately, like part of my disappointment, the, the the quality of the show overall, in terms of in-ring uh, uh, quality, was was pretty good. But outside of, I would say, the main event you know uh, a match like this doesn't have a ton of story built into it yes you no. had cody recently beat you know sammy for the championship but even that challenge to me kind of came out of nowhere uh ftr mm-hmm. sorry sorry uh, San, the scw championship has zero story attached to it when you have guys like cody that are currently working on on feuds with men of the year um, it, 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 Britt Baker, even her main storyline is against uh, or at least is building up to something with uh, Jamie Hayter. So none of the culminations of the actual A storylines that they've been focusing on actually building ha- ha- had any, you know, um, attachment to the matches that they made. And,
1: it, this this show felt um, and I think this is this is I'm agreeing with uh, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. The show felt like kind of a pit stop. Like you are stopping here to do a whole bunch of things, but this is not the destination. This is not where we're going. This is not even the sort of place we're staying over on the way to the destination. This is, we're just going to stop here for an hour and move on. And yeah, I I agree.
0: Which is fine. I I think, you know, but because this is the first show, maybe a lot of people had their hopes up that this would be uh, an actual pay-per-view level type of, you know, special in between their, their pay-per-views. But um yeah. So at least we have you know some indication for the future. We move on with the show now. We have a video package showing some uh, highlights. I would say from the past edition of Dynamite, as Jade Cargill, Jurassic Express, and Hangman Page all had their uh, championship victories, or uh, 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 yeah, yeah, victories. And then um, yeah, basically showcasing the other champions who are unable to be featured on this particular show. Sammy is in the back with Tony Schiavone. Sammy is in, asked about Daniel Garcia. He doesn't give a shit about Daniel Garcia. Did I even mention that, that Daniel Garcia came out to, to attack mm. afterwards?
1: No, but, but he did. There, he now you mentioned it.
0: There we go. Daniel Garcia attacks him uh, afterwards. Sammy is interviewed and then doesn't give a shit, says the TNT championship has always been about open challenges. And then we have our match for the interim TNT championship on Wednesday. We've got Sammy Garcia. Sorry, Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. So at least one total defense there as before Cody uh, comes back. FTW championship, Ricky Starks versus Matt Seidel. Early on, Seidel delivers a bunch of kicks to Starks knee uh, or Starks leg early on, which leads to Starks retreating to the floor to recover. It gives uh, Hobbs a bit of a, a moment to stare down Matt Seidel. Starks dominates through the commercial. At one point, he lifts Matt Seidel into a really... Long delayed vertical suplex as he's running around the ring holding uh Man Seidel in that position. So evidently during the commercial, that leg was feeling just fine for Ricky Starks. Back from commercial, Seidel hits but
1: he wore a- it out.
0: That's it. He he emptied the tank on that on that leg during the commercial. Sidel hits a Rana and then a kneeling mishinoku driver for two. Lightning spiral for two. Meteora, but Starks gets the ropes. Starks then hits a spear with that injured leg. And while he's hobbling on his legs, puts Seidel into the Rochambeau and gets the victory in about nine minutes. Thoughts on the match?
1: Um, Go back to one quick thing there before, just about Guevara versus Garcia. I really hope that they use this to feed into the idea that there's some sort of conspiracy theory against giving Scorpio Sky a shot because there's Sammy Guevara going open challenge, open challenge, open challenge. And Sky's been like, I'm in the top five challengers. You haven't faced me, and again, he just gets completely like, blocked by uh, Daniel Garcia running out there. So I'm hoping that they go back to that and they pr- they persist with this like you're all against this thing. Anyway, this match, um, I I th- I thought it was an excellent match. I'm very glad to see uh, Starks back in the ring again. I there just isn't. There wasn't really a point to it. I think that they tried to build just a hint of a story with Stark saying to Dante Martin uh, on Wednesday, it's like, oh, it took you two tries to beat Seidel. I'm going to do it in one. And that's fine. But we don't see Seidel enough that that story is going to be... I had forgotten that Dante Martin and Seidel were ever even kind of matched up. So, And I'm a pre regular watcher. Like, I'm... If, if someone's going to remember it, it's probably going to be someone like me. So if it had sort of fallen off the, uh, fallen out of the, the the brain pan for me, I can only imagine that it must've been confusing for other people. Um, I did have this one moment towards the end where Seidel got a near fall. And at the same time, Taz was saying, well, Seidel's good, but you know, I want the FTW title. This has to stay with us. Like Starks is part of our team. And then Seidel hits this near fall and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to put it on Seidel and then Hook is going to win it back. And then it just got flipped around Starks' won, So it's like, oh, just for this moment, it's like, oh my God, this is where they're going. But no, so it stays with Starks. I think that's probably pretty predictable. Um, I kind of wish they'd figure out something to do with this belt other than just kind of like occasionally reminding people that it's there. I mean, I don't even know the last time it was defended. And... I think they they either have to do something with it or almost just make it into a pure prop and never defend it. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, much much of the issue to me is like, um, maybe still the somewhat unknown um s- status at least for that period of like Ricky Starks and the extent of his his particular injuries. Mm. Uh, he, I, you know, as far as I know, he hasn't been as active on uh, a dynamite, but he clearly he looked more than fine here. So I agree with oh, yeah. you. You know, it would be wonderful to hear to see him a, a bit more frequently, and, and and even the the announcement of an FTW championship defense, I. To me, I thought this was a good match, but this was clearly where it was one where the crowd certainly felt a a bit more cold in comparison Mm -hmm. to the first one. Um, Zero build, zero story leading to this defense. It was simply Ricky Starks cutting a promo 24 hours ago. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, Seidel, Star Power, while I think he's a tremendous performer, he's not somebody that is, you know, presented as somebody to be taken seriously in Dynamite. Um, And the FTW title, like you said, is is presented as a bit of a novelty championship. So uh, the action was really good if you watched it. Mm -hmm. But again, you can find hours of great action every week, you know, between Dynamite Rampage, Dark and Dark Elevation. Mm -hmm. Um, So of the matches, I would say this one definitely felt like it was more of a a filler filler match. But, uh, you know, very Mm -hmm. good if you decide to sit down and watch it. Like, in my opinion, like... Dante Martin versus Ricky Starks, I feel would have been a bit more interesting. Would have played to some storyline.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know. They might as well have gone back and, and did that, or at least there's a bit of a through line there. Um, So yeah, I would, Hmm. uh, I'm not quite sure why they did it this way.
0: Afterwards, the heels are attacking Seidel as Lee Moriarty comes out. Uh, As Kate mentioned, Dante Martin also comes out and he stares Hobbs down, As Martin kicks Hobbs out of the ring, a little bit of a build to the match that these two are going to have on Dynamite. Uh, And I thought some pretty good intensity actually from Mm -hmm. Dante Martin here. Mm -hmm. And then we have our main event three matches on this show for the TNT Women's Championship, Britt Baker versus Riho. Early on, Rebel and Hater are both attempting to distract Riho. And that was really the story here. It was uh, how can Riho take out the extra advantage ringside? and um, are how helpful will they actually end up being for Britt Baker? So Riho first starts us off with a dive onto rebel with a plancha with, I, I guess some insinuation that Baker kind of pulled rebel in, into the line of a fire here. Hater. Jamie Hayter, of course, you know, uh is 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 currently in a storyline with Britt Baker where they're sometimes friends and then but you know they're sometimes not. So all throughout the match, Jamie Hayter they they do things to try to show the breakdown, the continued breakdown of, of this relationship. So Hayter is suggesting to Britt Baker that she stop the match in order to grab a table. This distracts Britt Baker and allows Reho to actually run up the table to dropkick Jamie Hayter. So Reho in quick fashion has uh, nullified the, the extra woman advantage ringside. Hayter again, then gets onto the apron with some sort of unintentional distraction. She's just kind of doing the whole waving her arms thing. Baker looks surprised as uh Reho, you know, takes advantage, but uh nonetheless, Baker controls during the commercial, Riho comes back 619 for 2, and then Rebel puts pulls Baker away from a double stomp, leading to Riho jumping onto Rebel instead. Baker avoids another, another double stomp, hits hits an air raid crash for 2. Riho is about to go for a full Nelson or something, but Baker flips around, hits a, almost like a sling blade right into a lockjaw. It's mm-hmm. really cool. It looked it really good, yeah. Baker rolls back into the middle of the ring as Riho counters with the pin for two. Curb stomp from Baker. Another kick out from Riho at two. This is when the crowd, I think, was really getting to some of these near falls. Mm -hmm. Hayter then again jumps onto the apron and drops the belt to Baker. For some reason, Rebel grabs the belt instead. Referee sees Rebel and ejects her, which leads Baker to complain to Hayter for unintentionally getting Rebel ejected. This again leads to a distraction for Riho to attack with a Northern Lights Suplex, getting a very close two count. I'm looking at the clock right now, and it's one minute to nine <laughs> o'clock until they're about yeah. to go off air. So they had well, a, and, a,
1: and Ross kept saying it's like, "If we need to, we've got extra time. If we need to, we've got extra time." And I'm just thinking, I don't know if you got extra time in Canada, like. I'm- this is going to be awkward i mean i
0: I would suggest TSN to at least start off with properly labeling you know the fact that this this show was even on Mm because i I had no idea where to find it and ultimately i had to click on this like florida gators game in order to actually you know watch this show so i don't know how accommodating they're going to be with some extra time there's a bit more back and forth with less than one minute to go here as baker hits another curb stomp a two count as uh reho or sorry as baker turns it into the lockjaw for the immediate tap out, 12 minutes and 47 seconds, this one guy. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the match?
1: I I thought that it was Britt's best title defense by a significant margin. Uh, I thought that it was really good. I thought that they built it up well. Um, I thought that they went a little too hard in on the uh, Baker versus Hayter dynamic. It distracted a little from the match, particularly early on. Um, but yeah, I just thought when they were allowed to to go in the ring that it was very exciting and I liked how their styles came together. It let the, they, they were able to pull off a bunch of, of very quick transitions and got some really good near falls. Uh, I don't know the, the bit with hater dropping the belt and then, rebel picking it up and for it not i didn't really i wasn't really sure what i was supposed to be getting from that because it was like the way um at the beginning uh when they had come out uh jamie kind of charlotte flared the belt and kind of tossed it on the the, the ground and then at this point, she—it wasn't like she was handing it to Baker. Exactly, she just kind of tossed it, and she tossed it about half, like halfway between where she was and where Britt was. And so then, Rebel picks it up, except that she's all, she was almost kind of farther away. So this was—I don't know what was going on there. Anyway, it was very. They made their way around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess poor communication is part of the storyline here. So I guess <laughs> maybe that's what we're supposed to get from it—that you know, Britt doesn't know what Jamie's trying to do either uh i think that they you know you get the impression that they they have sort of made up at this point but not really like they made up for tonight
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was just another kind of a you know back and forth in, in the course of a very back and forth relationship between the two where ultimately everything just kind of reverted back to the status quo of what 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 was before the match itself but again if you're strictly looking for in-ring action i thought you found a great example of it here um I, I have to. I don't know if I would call it for for me my my favorite Britt Baker performance. You know, I would still probably like look towards the Thunder Rosa matches. I
1: didn't as say favorite. I didn't say performance. I I said her best title defense.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay. No,
1: no, no. For sure, I thought the Rosa match was better. But.
0: Um, I thought Riho looked absolutely tremendous here. You know, uh, last night and tonight, I think she, mm, yeah, really like. I don't know if she, she, she's going to get another title reign, you know, like early on in AEW, I think when you had, um, maybe characters that weren't as, um, big personality, um, she felt a bit, you know, like a, like a fine champion. But now because you have, you know, your Thunder Rosas, you have your Britt Bakers, I, I don't know if like, you know, Riho would be a suitable champion anymore, but, I mean it's going to take a bit more character development I would say in her case but in ring we know she 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 really is a spectacular performer and I thought she showed it mm-hmm. off really well here uh Baker of course was very good I, my issue with the match was was the entire Jamie Hater stuff um I I thought I mean I like the feud I think they'll have a great match together but like everything that they tried to communicate was uh too too much all of Hater's actions were pretty illogical and really served little purpose than to cause distractions. And sure. Maybe, you know, later on they'll explain, Oh, she was intentionally doing all of this, but that's, it's just to me, not good story. But telling. even that's and,
1: convoluted. Like, yeah. Even, even that, like it's sort of, okay, well, there are easier ways you could have gone about it. No, I agree. And I thought that the match was much better when the two, uh, the two participants were just allowed to go for, for a stretch.
0: Mm-hmm. So all in all, what do you think of this first edition on Battle of the belt
1: uh, I thought it was a very good show I thought it had some very good wrestling on it um, they did a bit to try to build intrigue with some stories coming up to tease what's uh, to tease what's going to come up on dynamite um, if I'm the way I'm trying to think of it is when you're talking about a show being on at a new day on a new day at a new time is this going to if someone is flipping around the channels, and they stop to watch, is this going to make that person interested in watching AEW Dynamite? And I don't know. Uh, I don't, because, yeah, the the quality of what you saw was great, but it's hard to tell if that's going to be enough to draw people in. There was nothing sort of shocking that happened. Uh, There were a couple of really, like, impressive spots, particularly in the first match. Uh, I just, I don't, I I think that people who really like good wrestling, like who are in it to, to see the displays of athleticism. I think a lot of those people are already watching AEW. So I don't know if this works to draw new people in. Uh, I think that the timing of this just coming up uh, so shortly, as we were talking about earlier, after the TBS debut and going head to head with a pretty stacked impact pay-per-view to say i mean the the new japan noah card is not at the same time but but this was like against impact they are they are lined up and so it just i don't know it, it is this the is this the a show that everyone's going to be watching on saturday night i don't know online i was seeing a lot more discussion of impact so mm-hmm. we shall see yeah i'll surprised. be curious to see what the ratings are like
0: yeah yeah absolutely. uh somebody in the chat room actually mentioned that there is a rare Saturday NFL game that the show is going up against so oh great <laughs> i mean we we shall see um but like you said, I mean i you know I kind of struggled to think who the show was was aiming towards um mm-hmm. your hardcores who are completists will probably end up watching it uh live if or maybe even on 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 delay on tape delay perhaps but uh is a casual fan going to be impressed enough by you know just yeah pretty moves perhaps i'm I'm really not so sure you figure if the intent was to capture the casual the casual audience you would try to make an effort to get a cm punk to at least make an appearance Mm -hmm. you know in the past like like think about it for their rampage debut they at least had like a chris jericho on commentary you know to yeah like
1: this is very it was light on on star power so i think that really if they're looking to draw new people in it's purely like look how good the wrestling is
0: hmm so those are our thoughts on aw battle of the belts we go to for, uh, forum.postwrestling.com where we allow our patrons to leave some feedback for their thoughts on all the shows that we reveal and we start off here with jake from the windy city who says the main event had too many shenanigans for my liking rebel and haters should have been tossed long before they were i would have rather seen britain reho in a straight up throwdown without the bs still a good match though and the right woman won the show was fine. It's clear that they blew their load on the TBS debut. Should have been an event that could be huge, but it's just another one hour of wrestling like Rampage, which we have tons of already. Needed something more fresh and special. We then go to MJ from NJ, who says, Tonight's show and this week's worth of AEW TV shows how much depth this company has. I found the two total matches tonight very good. Found all three matches to be full of interesting talent and story. Interim titles are used all the time in UFC and are less than A-tier, as are less than A-tier shows. I found tonight it really worked as a B-plus level show that wasn't weekly TV. The caliber and hype exceeded my expectations. The women's title match felt like the main draw, which was a great way to focus on Brit and the main championship as the TBS tournament wrapped up. As AEW continues to grow with Warner Media, I hope more of these non-weekly but non-pay-per-view shows are made available. It would also open them up for a live touring with the purpose is I could see these as very compelling shows to check out on Warner streaming with full hot crowds. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, um, I it, it, again, enjoyable show. But in, in terms of, I think, in t- importance, Kate, where would you rank this, you know, between Dynamite, Rampage and Dark?
1: I thought they had a really good Rampage last night, too. That's the thing. Um, what? See, here's the weird thing. Like we were just talking about power. They have all those people there. All of the stars are performing at a house show tonight, which they're then going to air on dark. Like, why wouldn't you put this? If Hangman's there, why aren't you putting him on TV? If you're not going to put him in a match, at least show him, like at least display like your big firepower. And yes, uh, this yes, this did give a spotlight to people who aren't on TV as much, but it's like, I don't know. It feels like what is this show supposed to be accomplishing? If it's supposed to be, uh, if it's for the hardcores, then okay. It's kind of an odd decision. But yeah, if it, I see to me, like it's at best on par with Rampage. And Rampage is very much seen as the B show. So I don't really need another B show. <laughs>
0: Y yeah, well, I mean, because it had a title match and, and like the and I'm only, only really counting the women's title match as like the <laughs> only legitimate yeah. championship match that we had. I would say this was maybe an above average edition of Rampage. But even on <laughs> a Rampage, I think you would opt to have, at least, you know, in the early goings of, of Rampage, a Brian Danielson match or a CM Punk match. And, you know, those those two wouldn't have fit within the theme, but um you know, at least maybe a bit of an increase in star power in in appearance. And let's also mm-hmm. remember this was supposed to have Cody on too, right? Yeah. So that I think was that kind of the,
1: I think that the, it, absolutely. I think the other thing though, is if I think of Rampage, there's usually a kind of diversity in terms of the style of matches. Like you'll get one really, like a really good match. And then you'll, you'll sometimes like you'll get, tag matches that have a bit of a humorous element to them. And then you'll, you'll get one like a quick squash match. And last night's show was actually a really good example of how they do this. I think maybe you had three really good matches here, but the consequences were minimal except in the main event. And the, um, the, the types of uh, the variety that you got between matches wasn't great. Like I just noticed someone was saying on the house show that they're filming around this One of the matches is Joey Janela versus Eddie Kingston. Why not put that on the show? Like that is a completely different kind of thing that you could have put on there. And no, it wouldn't have had consequences, but it, at least, if you're showcasing everything you can do, that is very different than Britt Baker versus Rio. It's very different than the uh, Semi Guevara versus Dustin. It's so, yeah, let's, I think that, this was a little too laser focused on one type of product that AEW provides.
0: Yeah, It makes you wonder, like the next time they have a Saturday special, will they continue the Battle of the Belt branding in concept? Or will they, they simply open it up to, you know, more of a Saturday night's main event? Anybody can be on the show type of um, uh, special. We'll see. Let's continue with some of the feedback here. We go to Brian from New Jersey, who says, I thought the show got off to a weird start with the first match full of extensive stalling, whether that was due to a legit injury to Sammy or not. I enjoyed Starks versus Seidel, and I really enjoyed Baker versus Riho putting on a worthwhile main event. They will try they the will they the will they or won't they tension between Baker and a Hater is fun to follow for me. Okay, so a bit of a counter counterbalance there mm-hmm. from Brian. Mm-hmm. We got a Brandon from Oshawa who says solid show in ring, but I thought the rest were terrible on the show. Aubrey especially. I really think they need a fresh look. The set is the same for every show. You can't really tell the difference between any of them um what do you think about that Kate you know um, I'm, I'm really
1: the last person to to ask about this because I I don't I, I don't know what it is but I really don't notice details like that a lot I didn't get sick of seeing Daly's place like I was fine with it it's um I get that sometimes a change can be good and changing it but but it's not something that bothers I don't get bored looking at the same place all the time it's like oh if it changes up cool and you like sort of seeing them in different venues and yes it is a standard look but no it doesn't bother me at all
0: i think it's a question of you know simply logistics you know this is a company that um frequently tapes a rampage um at the same set of tapings or it could be on its own set of tapings so having a completely different set is going to be a bit trickier um uh, and, and same with this show, you know, a battle of the belts. It, I, I I imagine these are going to be things that will be, um, will be bigger talking points. Perhaps once Rampage hits, it's or sorry, AEW hits. You know, um, maybe it's fourth year, maybe it's fifth year, like. I just think back to like what WWE used to be and, and everything used to look the same then, you know, even when <laughs> raw, even when like heat was like, you know, first starting off, it was it, it was, it wasn't really until SmackDown when we had like, you know, these big full different stages. And um, I don't know if like, I don't First of all, I don't know if, the, if the audience is, is very different from you, Kate, you know, I don't, I don't hear too many criticisms about maybe the look. I mean, this is largely our audience that I think is here for the in-ring content. And as long as they deliver on that, um, I think that's probably their main concern, but, uh, as the production budget increases and maybe that comes along with, you know, uh, further negotiations with TBS and, and TNT, uh, and if it's a, cu- a criticism of TBS and TNT, then maybe they'll, they'll start to put a bit more attention to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, we go to Eric, Eric from Cork, Ireland, who says this felt like a largely unimportant show going in. And in the end, I think that was proved to be the case with nothing really being must see the tnt title match really annoyed me why would you book your baby face to have somebody interfere in the match for no reason and bring out a table why wasn't there a dq when the table was used um i I guess
1: because they both used it
0: because i think it's been proven that you can send an opponent through an object you simply can't use the object to hit the opponent so if he had taken the table and used the table to strike Dustin in the face that would have been a dq but if you so if somebody if you laid a chair in the ring hey it's not somebody's fault if they happen to land into it right so
1: i'm gonna move my arms like this and if you happen to walk into them well that's just your fault
0: it's one of those things uh but as far as like you know was there a storyline reason for fuego del sol to be there probably not um I, you know what I mean, just it, it was to me just a bit of a nod, um, to people who know about that relationship, and you know, <laughs> did did it bother you, Kate? Like, you know, when when he showed up,
1: I thought it was weird, um, but it did. I did. I have to say, it did go through my head that you know this should really be a disqualification, or at least he should be getting thrown out, but then. Yeah, like in the end, Dustin was the one who benefited from the table. So I guess retroactively, it was the right decision. Um, Not quite sure. I think if they were going to involve a table, they just should have said that it was no DQ.
0: Eric goes on on to say the two other matches were okay. AEW are becoming too reliant on post-match beatdowns, heel interferences, infighting, and run-ins two of the three matches at table spots, they need to tone this stuff down as it's gotten really repetitive. So definitely mixed reaction. I would say in terms of a overall um, in, I mean, I I don't know how to necessarily qualify this because I enjoyed the show, Mm -hmm. but you know, was it the show that I think met people's expectations? It doesn't seem like it uh, when, when they announced this uh, off the top and is it, worthy of being fit into an already very crowded professional wrestling schedule for most people
1: i yeah i don't know i think that i really enjoyed the show i think that the one match that i would say like if someone was going to ask me oh is anybody I, i didn't catch up i don't have much time what's worth watching i'd say baker versus Riho because that one had real consequences. That was a very good match. and uh, But also, because, like I said, I Brit's title defenses have been a little bit underwhelming for me, and this one was not. I thought that uh, I actually... I think that, I, again, would have cut down on the shenanigans. I would have made that one the longer match and maybe shortened up Sammy versus Dustin a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, that's the... Do I feel that it's like must-see? I don't I don't know. It's fun to see. Uh, and when you're talking about expectations, the thing is, when this was first announced, I think expectations were very high. This week, I don't think they were high at all. So did it meet expectations? Well, not the first set, but was it, you know, did I enjoy it more than I figured I was going to on Wednesday or last night? Kind of. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a lot of people were bringing up the uh, Heart to Kill uh, show that uh, Impact is putting on right now. A lot of people in the chat room are mentioning it. And by the way, thank you, everybody, for watching us live on YouTube. Uh, but as far as that show goes, we have Davey Portman and John Cena covering that show. A lot of interesting things and results happening there. Uh, you can check out that show live, actually, for those of you in the chat room right now, whenever that event ends at twitch.com twitch.tv slash up next podcast so we invite all of you guys to to join those guys so that show is going to be out on the up next feed if you can't tune in live so simply search for up next in your podcast app uh on the new japan front we had our new japan versus noah show which was a, which was billed as the third night of wrestle kingdom and we had a very special occasion of wh park and mike murray watching that show and reviewing that show on the Post Wrestling Cafe Patreon. So all of you Patreon members can not only get reviews of our first two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, but you get WH Park and Mike Murray's recap. Um, and we know how WH gets on uh, on weekend shows, especially when he has technical issues trying to order events. So it's, uh, it's one to check out uh, for sure. But Kate, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun.
0: Where can people find a bit more of you?
1: You can find a bit more of me on Twitter. I am uh, she rants MTL or the uh, she rants about wrestling, and yeah, uh, you can hear me comment on a lot of different wrestling shows from most most different companies. I I try to keep my my eyes in most places. So.
0: She is incredibly active on Twitter, so everybody you. <laughs> I say that is a great thing because I'm I'm somebody who has very little to say other than uh, when I'm Mm -hmm. off of the microphone. So Kate always has very interesting thoughts. Follow her at SheRantsMTL. So a bit of a programming note, we are not going to have the Nubian Wrestling Advocates on Sunday. So look for that show probably a week later. But we are going to have WrestleNomics on this feed, uh, on our post-wrestling audio feed, uh, out tomorrow night as well. So a lot of stuff for you guys to listen to over the weekend. Thank you all for listening, and catch you guys Monday.